The following podcast contains foul language, terrible humor, and spoilers. You have been warned. And welcome to another episode of Snap Crackle and Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Ralph. I'm your host. I'm joined with Alan. Hey. Leanne. Hello. And Josh is back. Hello. Hey. I, I made it. I made it this time. Fuck you be. Jesus. I, uh, holiday. It's not true. I've not been on holiday. <laughs> Work, working yeah. too hard. Skiving. Yeah. I can't even remember why the last... Oh, I had to fix that t-shirt. That oh, like, yeah. 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 Did you get that t-shirt? Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Brilliant. The Brilliant. elusive t-shirt that took three weeks to print. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do it, we expe- will we expect a Twitter rant? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I came this close. <laughs> yeah. You've got to explain it at least on Twitter, because otherwise mm-hmm. our listeners are going to be like... What t-shirt? t-shirt? All right, yeah. okay. So uh, I posted one of my not work designs on Twitter. Uh, some, uh, some I can't remember his name. Uh, somebody on Twitter posted like, "Oh, that'd be really cool on a t-shirt." And I was like, "Well, I can print your t-shirt. You buying stranger? If, if, if you want to buy a t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> what are you selling?" And, and I was like, "Oh man, I've got a day off tomorrow. I go get it printed off, send it off. Easy." Done, you know? <laughs> uh, so I went to town, bought a t-shirt. He chose a design, fantastic. <laughs> went to my normal printers. He was like, oh, really busy. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. i get it done tomorrow. So come pick it up tomorrow. Okay. Went back tomorrow. It wasn't done. Mm-hmm. Went back four days later. Wasn't done. Ah. Uh, so, okay. so when he said he was really busy, he was definitely busy. He was definitely busy. The problem of tomorrow to, was... The, the, the issue is he has he has a habit of just like fobbing off little jobs that don't make him a lot of money wow. <laughs> which is <Yeah>. basically me I love the fact that he gives me a good deal but when I need something fast he's always slow right yeah. and when I don't need anything at any particular time he's always fast mm-hmm. <laughs> super annoying Brilliant. Um, so I went back a week later he had my t-shirt I was like fan fucking tastic <laughs> got it out cut off the top of the image <laughs> like well that's shit <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't give it. It's like, oh, I didn't notice. You know, I had my wife in. It was really busy. I was like, yeah, I, d- I don't really care about that. I just need my t-shirts. I can send it to the fucking guy that's already given me my fucking money. Yeah. It's like, okay, you had this new screen printer, so it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screen print it for you because I've got nice. t-shirts here. You know, buy that. Nice, nice, yeah. yeah. Cool. A couple of days went past. It was like. It's fucked, won't we? It was just like, I've tried two t-shirts, uh, it's just not printed in the way that I needed to print. It's just oh, shit. No. I was like, that's, that's <coughs> fantastic. I'll tell you what, mate, just uh, get me a fucking t-shirt and just print it. Just fucking put it geez. on the fucking t-shirt so I can send it. So it took four t-shirts, <laughs> two lots of printing, two weeks, and I made like... One pound fifty. So I was cutting the guy deal. It's not nothing. I. Yeah. yeah. Happy to wear that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We'll not be doing t-shirts to America for fifteen quid ever again. Jesus. Welcome back, Josh. Yeah. 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 If you want a t-shirt, go to Redbubble. Print on demand. (laughs) Done. Yeah. 
Awesome. Uh, so the topic of this week's uh, podcast, it's not Josh's uh, t-shirt escapades. It is now. It is now. <laughs> Scrap the interview, guys. No, well, um, funnily enough, so I was on Twitter myself, you know, with the social meds and all that. Twitter fiends. Oh, a lot of gas. Uh, what and, is this Twitter that you yeah, talk about? And I ran into a very interesting Indiegogo campaign um, talking about a... Uh, let me just get the prop, uh, like the proper term right. A fifth edition compatible setting book uh, based on Filipino mythology. Uh, if you guys don't know, I am part Filipino. I would probably say three quarters, but that's just being pedantic. Um, I just say I'm half Filipino, whatever. Um, it's called The Islands of Sinauna. So if you guys look for it in Indiegogo or on Twitter, hashtag Sinauna, S-I-N-A-U-N-A. Um, you'll check it out. And one of the guys that's doing a massive push on it is one of the co-creators, uh, Joshua, uh, a.k.a. HTT Paladin on Twitter. Now, I got a uh, hold of him, uh, had a quick chat with him uh, online, and this op- the next couple of minutes will be the actual interview itself. So this is being pre-recorded, um, obviously condensed for your uh, listening pleasure. But hopefully, straight after, we'll be having a chat with the guys over here, um, what they think of it. Um, we just had a look at some of the uh, the content and mm. the drawings and the art mm. uh, and the things like that. Um, and yeah, uh, here's the interview. Enjoy. Hey guys, it's Ralph here. Uh, I'm here with Josh. Uh, he's basically one of the guys that's uh, uh, designing a new uh, setting for D&D 5e. Uh, Josh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hi there. My name is Joshua. Uh, I'm known as HTT Paladin on Twitter. Gosh, what do I say about myself? I don't really talk about myself all that much, but uh, <laughs> I've been playing D&D since I was 10. Um, it's more or less one of the only things that I can say is a family legacy right now. Uh, and I do way too much D&D stuff just for work and for my off time. Nice, nice. So you've got yourself quite a... Yeah, like you said, like a family legacy in, um, in tabletop role-playing. So where did that start for you? Uh, it started when my dad tried to play D&D with his brother, and their mom went, uh, just let him play. And so my uncle just told my dad to play a human fighter, just hit stuff when we tell you to. Uh, and that bled into my dad playing it through his teens, uh, playing it when he was in the military, and when I was three, being told about his stories when he was playing D&D. Wow, that must have been quite amazing. Uh, your uh, bedtime stories involving magic and dragons and, and all sorts of adventures. It, it was fun. Um, I definitely like... It was one of those things where if a kid watches HBO way too soon, they, they, they're just a little different than other kids. <laughs> uh, for me, it was... Uh, oh, cool, Terry Potter, tell about wizards. This is different than what I'm used to, but still cool. I suppose with anyone that's already uh, read Lord of the Rings, uh, everything seems kind of similar. Yeah, as soon as you like read Lord of the Rings or get too much into the lore of Lord of the Rings, you can start to see where Lord of the Rings affects a lot of modern fantasy right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, we only have orcs and half orcs because of Tolkien. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I believe... Uh, halflings would have been called hobbits if it not for the <laughs> um 
litigious nature of the Tolkien uh, estate. Yeah, the, the, they're pretty thorough. It's uh, a bit alarming how thorough they are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how did you get into designing tabletop RPGs? Uh, well, I've been playing since I was 10. Uh, and as I got older and started playing more and more uh, 3.5 D&D, uh, I knew I could only really elongate my time of enjoyment with the, with that system by just making stuff up for my games. From there, it bled into me designing stuff for my own usage in Pathfinder. And when I started playing D&D 5th edition, it bled into that. Me working formally as a designer for D&D has only restarted in the past year. So um, I just found out that you had your hand in, um, in Avernus. Just tell us about that real quick. Yeah, so uh, I was a layout designer for some pieces in the Beetle and Grimm uh, Avernus box uh, that came out recently, that uh, finally was mailed out recently. Um, yeah, I, I responded to a tweet they put out on Twitter uh, asking for anybody who made character sheets. Uh, and I managed to get the gig after following up with them. And nice. this started off in June... I was, reading a bunch, I was reading some different Avernus stuff since June, and because of NDA, I couldn't talk about it. And it's it's very much Mad Max. It's very much a whole new rule system. It's very much fun and engaging, and it was painful not to be able to talk about any of it. Oh, I was going to say, like, just the sheer excitement, because, oh, what was that? Um, I watched some of the streams of The Descent and some of the playthroughs, and it all seemed so crazy and off the wall, um, knowing that you had some form of contact with that, especially with um, uh, with Beetle. Uh, it would have just been, yeah, like you said, would have just been absolutely painful and <laughs> gut wrenching not to not to say to tell anyone about it. Yeah, because uh, my normal D and D group is very into Doom and very much into Mad Max, and very much into Dark Souls. Mm. And this kind of fit into a very weird niche between all three of those. Uh, but the excitement of working on this, working on this for, you know, money, uh, had to be balanced against my fear of being sued by Hasbro. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, design and work keeps me fed. It keeps me, you know, warm. It does not protect me from the might of their lawyers. So I couldn't talk about it. Why don't you uh, just briefly explain to our listeners the setting of your current Indiegogo campaign? Sure. So if you're not familiar with me or my long-winded rants that I've been doing for the past two months on Twitter, uh, Sina Una is our attempt to take pre-colonial Philippine mythology and adapt it into a fantasy environment. Uh, we have all kinds of settings right now, like Greyhawk uh, or Faerun, which are based upon not medieval Europe, I suppose, is a good way to say it. It's based on the mythology and the monsters we got from there. Yeah. But it's not, uh, you know, it's not like we can go to Ireland. It's not like we can go to France. It's just adjacent to Europe. We're trying to do the same thing, but for the Philippines, to make it less uh, sensationalized, less like how it's presented in Oriental Adventures. Yeah, because there, I suppose there are pre-existing regions in sort of Feyrun in the D&D world, uh, but they are very much your standard oriental uh, settings, your your Han um, sort of 
Chinese dynasty, Japanese sort of flavor, but never in that sense of uh, South Southeast Asian culture, so to speak. And I, I suppose not within the through the eyes of of someone who is from that culture. Yes, yeah, so I know I get a lot of flack for this because um, I kind of disagree with the notion that uh, how do I, how do I phrase it? That sound like an asshole, I guess. Clearly, when they were making these settings, they had a very solid idea of what they wanted in fantasy. And sometimes a lot of the settings or locations in the in these places uh, that are based more on non-Western European uh, locations, they feel a little bit like an afterthought. And I don't really have huge grievances against that. Uh, I'm not really going to make a whole fuss about how, uh, oh, you only included us because you forgot about us the first time around. Because, I mean... Making stuff is hard. I'm not going to throw a fit every single time someone forgets uh, one thing or another. Um, as long as it's done respectfully, you know? No, I do I do agree. Um, and I suppose it, it does end up falling into... Um, in the hands of folks like you uh, to be able to sort of make reparations in regards to that. And like you said, it is hard making generally a whole world isn't it with you know with all the culture and uh the deep lore that each one brings and so you know i i I can only assume that wizards of the coast can really put as much focus as they can into one area as possible and and still make it accessible um how important was it to represent your culture technically our culture as as i'm part filipino as well in in the medium of tabletop role-playing it's important in the notion that uh, storytelling and games in general can be a lot more dynamic and more engaging than they currently are. Because um, storytelling is a very open medium, and there's a lot of stories that can be told if you take into account uh, the influences of other cultures. And that's my main priority with, with kind of doing this. While doing this, though, it kind of evolved into a way for... Um, are you familiar with the term uh, Filipino diaspora? Yes. Yeah, it became kind of important for us to kind of connect with other people who are diaspora mm -hmm. and show them that we have this kind of heritage, we have all these kinds of stories and epics that because of how hard it is to research this stuff, they a lot of them didn't really know. Uh, a lot of the time we, we, we'd be talking to some of our artists or some of our writers and they didn't know all that there was to know uh, about our mythology, which is a shame, but I mean, at least we're able to provide a place to learn about it now. No, and I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, ultimately touched upon uh, Spanish colonization, all 300 plus years of it. Um, it's something that's definitely, well, obviously made a massive, massive impact in um in the way that our culture has evolved even until today. Yes, yeah, I think I think putting into the forefront uh, something that quite a lot of, um, you know, uh, Filipino Americans, uh, Filipinos uh, overseas and even at home can identify with, especially now with, I would probably say our generation now kind of looking for that uh, cultural identity now um i think it's it's very important even through tabletop role playing that there's something that we can grasp 
there was the, there's this book uh, called Brown Skin White Minds by E.J.R. David. And he talks about how um, a lot of Filipino Americans will try and dilute their Filipino-ness by saying they're not just, you know, Filipino. They'll say that they're Filipino Chinese or Filipino some other race. Uh, but part of doing this book is that uh, I stopped doing that. I used to do that for the longest time. And when I started working on this book and learning about the mythology and learning about the stories and learning all that there was in this history of ours, I kind of lost this internal shame I had over being Filipino. And I can't imagine that I am a unique existence. I can't imagine that I am unique in all of my thoughts and all of my feelings. So I, one of my you know, selfish little hopes is that it helps other people who are Filipino who may feel like that or may still do that kind of drop that kind of internal shame. I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, for a significant part, um, did feel that kind of, I would say, disconnect. Um, ultimately, not shame, but, well, yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, there would be times when you'd hear about a particular incident um, in the Philippines, whether it's political or socioeconomic, and you kind of, like, sort of hide a little bit. And, you know, you still say you're Filipino, but then you then quickly interject with, oh, but I'm not like that. Um, that type of thing, but I can I can totally get where you're coming uh, with that because with just me personally, um, my family my father's half Chinese, uh, half Filipino, and usually I'd normally just say I'm Filipino Chinese just for the sake of not having to deal with the intricacies of which part am I that's Chinese, which part it that's Filipino. Um, but I think at one point I did say that I dressed that I was culturally Filipino, even though I might look Chinese, I suppose. My uh, my dad is just from here in Michigan, uh, and his nickname in the military, because he was just so pale, was Ghost. <laughs> and if you look at me, and you look at us when we're walking around, we don't at all look alike. Because uh, my mom, you know, is tan, I'm tan because of how genetics work out. <clears throat> but me saying that I am white felt more natural than saying that I'm Filipino. Right. And now, because I don't have this kind of uh, guilt or shame about it, I don't really care, mm. which is very, very freeing. Because I can say now that I'm Filipino and not feel embarrassed. Because, yeah, I'll hear something about the, that happens in the Philippines uh, and I'll just feel like I have to distance myself as much as I can from the fact that I am Filipino. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. But I, I suppose it's just accepting your cultural uh, heritage rather than accepting the actions of, you know, maybe a, a small collective. Um, yeah. Uh, there's this, this thing I heard when I was super young, and I wish I could place it, uh, but it's the idea that a few will stain the many. Mm. And even if it's only a handful of individuals who make the news in a negative spotlight from the Philippines, I felt like people would see all Filipinos like that. Yes, I, I think there's... I, I, says, uh, I, I think in, in a sense of um, uh, sort of like half ignorance and there is that sort of maybe sprinkling of xenophobia that people would tend to do that, especially if it's something that's 
may be, you know, generally socially un unacceptable. Uh, we'll probably just move a, li a little bit on uh, with that. But how difficult was it was to translate a lot of the cultural significance of the traditional Filipino folklore into something that tabletop players can grasp and get into? I, I don't know why this is, but thankfully, a lot of our sources were translated into English. Mm. Um, which is only really like half useful because the main difficulty of the research is just the availability of it. Uh, something that I've mentioned before in my posts and with other people is there's this one book that I'm trying to get still, and I know it'd be very, very, very good for me to have it for working on this book. <clears throat> but for me to get it here in the States, it would cost me $658. Wow. Plus 200 shipping and handling. Oh. But on the flip side, one of our two researchers in the Philippines, uh, Nosfakatu, he has a copy of that book that he got for like 100 pesos, which comes out to be like $1.96. Yeah, and it's not the only book like that, but that's my current go-to example because it's it, it really gets under my skin right now because it's, it's the current book that I'm hunting down. But uh, if not just the cost of everything, it's verifying all the research. Because even if like we get it from different languages and there's different translations to parse through, uh, for a while, we were going down this route of, uh, I'm trying to remember what the exact thing was. We had this story that we picked up somewhere that there were two deities that had this romantic uh, tryst to them. And we we're trying to find a way to verify it. But about two weeks before we launched the campaign, we found out, oh, this thing that we found all this evidence for, it's just fan fiction. People wanted to have this, you know how sometimes in modern, uh, <clears throat> in modern internet, people will make this kind of like uh, romantic pairing of Persephone and Hades yes. from, uh, yeah, they did that with two of the deities in our mythology, and we thought that was real. Oh, wow. Yeah, because so many people are doing it, we were convinced that, oh, this must be true, let's try and find a source for this. And then we, after like weeks of pouring through different stuff, we were like, hey, uh, are we dumb? <laughs> and the answer is yes, we are dumb. I mean, uh, I, I suppose that's quite unfortunate, finding out that all that work has been for a, a Filipino version of Twilight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you put it like that, it hurts us a little bit more. It's I, funny, I love you that. <laughs> But like, oh, I I know you're right, but I don't like it. Oh, I was I was thinking because uh, when I was when I was young, um, I read about certain folklore stories of, um, you know, Maganda and Malakas, uh, sort of being born, and so you get that sort of Genesis mythology of the first man and the first woman. So I was just like. I grew up with a little bit of those folklore, but not nothing in the sense of deep, sort of deep cultural lore that you might uh, have had research into. Yeah, I uh, up until very recently, I knew nothing. Okay. I only started researching this stuff uh, back in, I want to say May, when Monstrous Incantation asked me, hey, I'm working on this book. Do you want to join in? I'm like, yeah, I can use some work. Mm. And uh, here we are, uh, I want to say six months later, 
and I'm much more knowledgeable and that much more frustrated. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is actually, I suppose I was, it leads then into my next question, whether you were already quite familiar with Filipino deities and mythos and like ultimately for you, how did you discover uh, or what did you discover as you researched into the into the game, uh, or the mythos mythos of the game? Sorry. Uh, I learned that a lot of modern Filipino mythology uh, is either somewhat racist, which is very unfortunate, mm. or just very inaccurate. Sorry, I I, I saw one of your threads about uh, the capre. <laughs> It is just ha ah, yeah <laughs> that oh mm. yeah I was gonna mention that one specifically because it's it's my go-to example right now of like yeah some of, some of these words we use we don't know the words we use oh people just say yeah. stuff and think it can mean anything I I think it's it's a funny um, incidence in language evolving within the Filipino uh, sort of lingual, lingual tones, I suppose, with, that, with us sort of having to switch um, certain consonant sounds um, and not really understanding the, uh, the origins or maybe the reasons why. I mean, I can understand, like, you know, yeah, maybe not everyone in the Philippines at the time understood Spanish. So they just carried on the word and adapted it. But with the internet and the age of information that we live in right now, we can know the roots of that word and then become extremely uncomfortable because it's still used like that. Yes. Uh, I think, I don't know, like, I definitely think that there are certain, um, because... I don't know, maybe like I feel like certain certain Filipinos still cling on to sort of that traditional sense. But even though, yes, terribly, terrible usage of, of language in that sense, I think it's like it's just been ingrained in the lexicon of, of the language that I think uh, anyone else would probably have have it difficult to to change but obviously not excusing that at all i think we all have an ability to change the way that we speak <laughs> um but yeah i i can i can definitely see if your lola or your grandma you know is not going to be not going to stop talking about the capre in that way yeah and we're not here to tell people hey you're problematic you need to change your entire belief system that you've, you know, been raised up with. Because uh, we're not rude people, uh, I don't think. Um, and that would be super, super rude. But we can connect with people who really don't know much or don't know anything and tell them about the mythology that was before it got so heavily edited, mm. either through time or direct colonial influence or some other third reason. I think ultimately... Uh, I think what you guys are doing is, you know, just ultimately trying to educate people um, in regards to not only through tabletop role plays, but ultimately to educate people of the Filipino culture and how rich it is. And it's not just, you know, a tourist spot with nice people and nice food <laughs> and all that. Yeah, because 
there's a lot of stuff here that people are kind of missing out on. And I don't want to seem like a vain person, but I do believe if people had this book, they could add more spice to their games, you know? Um, and that's, that's ultimately my, my first goal is to help make games a little better. Um, despite the fact that a major component of this is, you know, educating people about, about the mythology, educating people about their heritage, if they're Filipino. Um, but first and foremost, this is a D and D book. Yeah, no, that's right. Ultimately, or if I want to, or if I want to obey OGL, it is a D and D fifth edition compatible supplement. Yes, <laughs> gotta, gotta keep it legal. I uh, I don't have the money to fight Hasbro, so <laughs> I'm gonna obey the hell out of OGL. Compatible supplement. These are the words that must be said. Um, how did you decide on the cultural subclasses for the different um, existing classes? Uh, of this particular game, how much playtesting did you even uh, need to make sure that their abilities uh, and feats didn't break the game overall? Well, currently, I'm in the process of making all these subclasses because a bunch of this stuff are my babies, essentially. Yeah. Um, but right now, I'm going through all 12 as I can because I have become a very busy person, unfortunately. Uh and making abilities for them, checking them against what's currently in use, uh, throwing them into a power balance that falls kind of middle of the road, not like, you know, Ranger with a pet, not like Mystic. Something that can be used and has flexibility without being the go-to option. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I remember from playing 2.5 a lot was that there was a bunch of homebrew on the forums that I went to that people absolutely loved but there were certain options and certain choices that were so much more powerful than anything else. And it became this kind of mentality of, if you're not using the best, you are going to lose or you're going to drag down your team. And I don't want to encourage that kind of notion or that kind of behavior with what I design. No, I, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, definitely, um, you do see people who tend to min max because that's how they feel the game should be played um when ultimately it's a game of people it's a game of uh connections and a game of challenges so why wouldn't you build somebody that has you know negative one intelligence or something like that and we'll we'll see that's actually a, a weird place where i'm at right now because i've i've been through these arguments over and over and over for either side, there was this thing years ago called the Stormwind Fallacy. And it was the notion that if you're role-playing, you can't uh, optimize. But if you optimize, you couldn't be role-playing. And I reached this point where I can't care anymore. I mean, if someone's breaking my game, I mean, I got to talk to them individually. But overall, if I make something that's middle of the road, I can be satisfied with that. And I don't want to concern myself with how every other person is playing the game because not my play style is not going to be conducive for every player and not every player is going to be a good fit for my game. So if someone wants to play someone with like a one intelligence and play it up in a role-playing way, I'm not going to argue against it. It's going to be interesting because that's like the intelligence of an animal, but I will happily see where that goes. 
Uh, but if someone wants to play a one intelligence and optimize the hell out of constitution, dexterity, and strength, I mean, it's not for me, but I mean, if they're having fun, who am I to argue? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. But I think at the end of the day, people t don't even sort of use use that as a baseline. They just kind of thought, oh, God, I don't have many stats for this one. I'll just dump it on that or whatever and just kind of end up playing or role playing their character as they see fit. I don't even think um, quite a lot of people, or at least the, the games that I've played, um, people don't tend to care too much about alignments now. Yeah, people have taken up an, a new standpoint with alignments where they just want them gone, um, which is something that I've had to deal with and watch evolve over time. And my, you know, not to say that I, oh, I'm a veteran and I'm seeing this argument all over again, but I've seen the arguments before of people wanting to abolish alignments because it makes them uncomfortable. I mean, which is fine, I suppose. Uh, people have different views on how the alignment system should work or why it shouldn't work or why it shouldn't should or shouldn't be in the game yeah no i um i, I definitely have uh sort of like heard supporting arguments on either side um definitely in that sense of like role playing the ease of role playing if you stick to your alignment and um you know knowing what your character would do knowing that they are this particular alignment and so on but yeah hey Thank you for your time, Joshua. Um, we are really looking forward to the future of Sina Una. Um, thanks for your time. Thanks for all the insight that you've given us on um, really sort of making this world. Um, was there anything that you'd like to say? Um, maybe give a little plug for your, uh, for your baby. <laughs> yeah, sure. If you're tired of uh, predominantly Western settings in 5th edition D&D, &D, please give my project a look. Uh, if you go to Twitter and look up HD Paladin, uh, my pinned tweet has uh, a link to every single thread I've been doing for the past two and a half months when I talk about the book, whether it be the lore or the process of making this book. Um, you can also see my slow descent to madness. Uh, also, please check out our main director, Monsters Incantation. I didn't talk about her much, but she's the only reason why we're able to do any of this because uh, she is one of the hardest uh, working women in the industry right now. Uh, and you should definitely give her a look. Nice. Thank you so much. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to see you. Uh, uh, we'll talk to you guys again. Maybe when your campaign has been fully funded, we'll check it out. Oh, fingers crossed. I'm nervous. Uh, and also books are hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Sweet. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I thought that was quite uh, illuminating uh, to kind of see the processes about regarding making a module mm. compatible. Yeah. Uh, and also just the sort of the cultural significance. A lot of work of that. goes into this. You can't just fiddle your way through it and be like, hey, this works. Yeah. Oh, no, man. No, no. Hell no. So Balancing. much work. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back uh, with our own sort of thoughts and views and just. Mm. To pick at cool. this, really. Cool. Uh, but yeah, be back. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. weird pause there. Uh, cool. Uh, so, so yeah, what do you guys think of it? So, ultimately for me, right, then this is, as 
again, just putting it out there. Personally, it's it's a nice it's nice to see um, uh, modules and uh, things that I like to see in the stuff that I like to do and watch <laughs> that relate to me mm. um, as somebody uh, like a person of color. Uh, it's very. I suppose it was difficult to watch stuff that wasn't you on oh, the yeah. screen. Mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. as, as a white male, basically... Cis, cis white male. Cis white male. <laughs> basically, everything is is pandered towards me mm. and my race. Mm. Literally, the key demographic right here, which is a real shame because we're boring as fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know... It's, it's got to that point where it's like you're looking through Netflix and it's like, you know, Korean director. And I was like, well, that's probably interesting. <laughs> it's probably more interesting than anything we've made for the last yeah. four years, I mean, five years, yeah. decade. Yeah. Flipping anime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Absolutely. Right? Like, Korean anime is... It's dope. Dope. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking yeah. great. Uh, so, so for me, when I saw... First time I saw anime, or at least... That those types of uh, cartoons. I'm like, mm. they kind of look like me. Mm. That's pretty cool. And like, yeah. quite outlandish uh, <clears throat> themes as well. But I was talking about this with, with Argo, <coughs> my partner, and we saw anime just as normal cartoons. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It was like injected into our sort of like uh, pop culture experience. Uh, she got like a couple of uh, like VHSs of Dragon Ball. Mm. Uh, which were dubbed in Cantonese. <coughs> so she saw this and like, oh, this is Asian cartoons, you know, mm. uh, or this is just cartoons that have been dubbed. Because yeah. she's seen um, Beauty and the Beast with uh, Cantonese dubbing, and oh, that's that's okay. all she knows. Right. Yeah. Like, And it's really strange <laughs> seeing it in English. Mm. Um, uh, but that, that type of thing, and then watching and finding out, oh, this is... Japanese cartoons and this is how they sort of not only view sort of pop culture as a whole and and how uh, um, cartoons are made but like even the art style completely different and then you look at uh, western cartoons Mm. like He-Man and G.I. Joe Mm. at the time is all very much like power, muscle yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah. you know oh man so stereotypical Mm. really yeah yeah I mean, things get inter- interesting when you start looking at, like, Ed, Ed and Eddie, you know? Mm. Like, Pete Cartoon. You know? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Danger Mouse. Oh, Danger uh, Mouse. You're showing your age, Alan. It's, it's all, Danger it's all, Mouse is pretty right. good. It was pretty good. Ed, Ed and Eddie was horrible. Ed and Eddie, Eddie is fucking <laughs> masterpiece. Thank you very much. Anyway. Double D! I, I, I dare anybody to watch that movie while they're high and not laugh, okay? <laughs> I'm pretty sure those kids, those kids were high. Uh, oh, Flipping pie. It's better than cow and chicken, I'll give you that. Oh, oh but I love cow and chicken. What? Courage? That sounds Gross. familiar. Courage was great. Courage went weird yeah. as well. They Courage went was dark, silent. man. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember cow and chicken. But that, that, that's kind of like, you know, sort of the, <laughs> the odd sort of... Uh, there's, there's weird cartoons yeah, yeah. in there, you know? Um, Sharky and George? Yeah, Fire Fighters of the Sea. Runny Stimpy. Runny Stimpy. Yeah, that was the yeah, pink in the brain. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, ultimately, it's it was nice to see a representation of your culture mm. yeah. um, mm. on the uh, you know on the on the side of media mm. uh, when all of the movies were all like white action heroes 
and and as somebody I suppose who were who was not only uh, a kid <coughs> during that time but also uh, somebody who was living in a country that was uh, you know uh, colonized by uh, European uh, people. Uh, had uh, if you're talking about Australia, it was Britain. Two countries I think, were colonized by white people, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, you stop giving credit to like oh, fucking France. <laughs> no, but like uh, like uh, with like Philippines, uh, Spanish came yeah. in three hundred years, and then on top of that, America came in and sort of injected their own cultural uh, so thing in that. So that's why I talk like this. Flipping American English and all that. Mm. Um, but it's that identity. Uh, I think culturally with us, we sort of aim to be like our colonizers. Uh, so there's always this thing yeah. where if you're brown, your your skin needs to be whiter. Your skin needs to be a lot more paler. So we've got soap that like whiten your skin. Mm. And so that weird cultural identity and the diaspora from the uh the, the the interview it's it's like it's this weird shift like we're not proud of who we are mm-hmm. because we've been told who we are is less than mm. yeah mm. you know and it's hard yeah. to to take that and it's only just recently now that uh folks like us uh are starting to become more proud of our heritage, yeah, um, which it should be, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? but Absolutely. and then we're yeah. rediscovering our culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only taken us two thousand years to realize. Flipping, <clears throat> yeah, as white cis males. The thing of normalizing the different way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. For so many years, it's been like embedded in the psyche mm-hmm. that that it's wrong or it's different. Yeah. And only now we sort of there's a cultural shift, or there needs to be, and there's starting to be to change the way that people think which is a long process mm. oh yeah yeah and it's because it's been ingrained it's been yeah. ingrained over so many years mm. you know mm. um and people forget what's happened what's happened to them yeah. as well um you know they get comfortable like, oh mm. well it's not even that you know like, having grown <coughs> up in england in england's well some of England is very patriotic isn't it you mm-hmm. know yeah and they, they they tend to forget that they got taken over by the french and if you didn't speak French, yeah. <laughs> you were basically the lowest of the low, you know? Like, and, and now they come and they're like, England's its own thing. It's not the amalgamation of like thousands of years of conquest and integration from fucking basically the rest of Europe. Yeah, because yeah. it's up in Normandy. Like, yeah, Norman, yeah uh, that was it. After the Battle of Hastings, yeah. Normandy took over. If you didn't speak French, you basically. None of none of your lords understood what you said, and you didn't understand them. You know, you were just the serfs working in the field. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, everybody learned French. It was the colonization. But yeah, people forget though. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, and ultimately, yeah. that's that's kind of what lends to this weird sort of um, this ended identity. Is that mm-hmm. just because I was born here, that's who I am? Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, in that in that sense. Um, mm. But obviously, people still identify you with the way you look. Yeah. So most most people, when they see me, because I have so sort of lighter skin, 
uh, more oriental uh, sort of Chinese features, people immediately think, oh, you must be Chinese. Mm. But you mean I've been not. Oh. <laughs> part, part. But like you know, but because yeah. that's because of my genetic heritage. Right? Yeah. Mm. But I was brought up Filipino. Yeah. For like literally the first eight years of my life, mm. you know, if I were taken away from that younger, my brother, he was born in Australia, he looks Fili- more Filipino than I am because he's he's brown. Um, Australian son. Yeah, honestly, he, he honestly is. It, it, it will brown you. I, I, he's like he's like at least five shades brown. You know, like the episode in Friends where Ross gets like an eight. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I've never seen Friends. Oh uh, well, it's a good episode. Let's forget that then. Is uh, it a good show? <laughs> I enjoyed it. It hasn't aged well. Arguable. No, it hasn't well. It wasn't good to be. Good. It was American trash. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but yeah, he, ident- he identifies uh, as an Australian because that's how he was brought up. Going to say, say Ross then? I'm Ross. I identify as Ross. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not going to be part of this conversation. Just your front door slamming. No, but like he he knows he. Knows and he's clearly aware that he's Filipino, mm. uh, and there's culture mm. in that and history in that. But mm. he, you know, it's what hard. For it? him. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's hard for him to yeah. grasp it. Mm. Um, and I think what's hard as well is that if you try and look for um, sort of like ancient manuscripts of Filipino culture uh, mythology, it's very hard to find mm. because one, it was a spoken history mm. yeah. so yeah. stories passed down from generation to generation and we did have a form of writing kind of like uh, Japanese katakana mm-hmm. in Hiragana <clears throat> but then the Spanish took all of that yeah. and basically made us write uh, Roman um, mm. Romanized um, letters mm. and learn Spanish so it's you know systemic <clears throat> sort of cultural yeah. like literally whitewashing really isn't it yeah, mm. yeah. so it is. It's a real shame because obviously most mythology is was started at the very least as spoken word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you haven't got this sort of like so easy to forget that yeah. so much of it isn't written down and it's within like the sphere of knowledge, you know? There's a reason everybody knows who Achilles is, you know? It's because mm-hmm. the Iliad was fucking written down and people thought it was the best book for yeah. fucking till the bible came out and, and like and, and to be fair like the, 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 the thing that. the thing about written word as well it becomes solidified that that is the yeah can, yes. like the actual yeah. version of the story yeah. mm, mm. to be fair like the iliad could have been a whole set well yeah it was like it was it was, yeah. it was spoken over days mm. it was it was a verbal thing that people used mm. to you'd get um it's not rapsos, but a very similar French term, isn't it, for this traveling storyteller? Rapsodes. Uh, rapsodes. Yeah, I know something like that. Yeah. yeah. Old old men with beards would go to a party and they'd say the song, you know? Yeah. And it, used to be, it was like, say, verbal, it was like a singing, you know, they'd say the, um, I think it's R H A P S. I was just trying to see if you found it. But yeah, like. Rapsode. But that could have been a development over time. Yeah, it like, was. There would have been it changes. Was, it was, it and, was, and Yeah, because, I mean, like, when, when it was started being told, mm-hmm. the Trojan War was, like, fresh in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was actual history at that point. And then, you you know, Especially as time went on, of, mm. you know, you've got, you know, gods entered in there and Achilles became this sort of, you know, <laughs> 
mythological figure who was better than everybody else, even though he was a whiny bitch that was in love with his cousin. And, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. Things you know, change. Time to move a on. bit like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Where do you think Game of Thrones got all their ideas? <laughs> Literally, Iliad, War of the Roses. You know? Just a fresh cover on it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, George. And he still has. And he still it. can't yeah. fucking finish still it. Still can't finish it. Yeah. Bastard. Way more sex than that. They're way better than me. Like, just saying. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the, the spoken word. But I suppose when the Spanish come in and sort of change the language, yeah. it puts a block in that. And totally. Mm. Has it got something to do with Spaniards can't have a proper conversation and can only shout at each other? What? <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Having, ha- having got Spanish family, I can assert that is absolutely definitely true. Maybe like, this just, like, to be fair, though, like, even my family's like that. And we're not, I mean, we're part you Spanish. You probably inherited that part, from yeah. the Spaniards. Just talking yeah. above yeah. each other. Yeah. It's like, just, can you guys, like, yeah. just calm down for a yeah. second? In England, it's very polite. It's like, oh, can you let me finish? Oh, yes, absolutely. Carry on. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Tally ho, on that was an excellent point, but I will now rebuke my own actual philosophical debate Spanish just like but I can shout louder than you <laughs> and that makes me more right yeah <laughs> I have the biggest yeah. lungs I have yeah. the loudest voice yeah. I am the winner As you see the guy opposite you get the fog all out <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that sounds like some of the academics I have to deal with in work oh so. god yeah you're not wrong yeah, so we were talking about how how hard, or I suppose how difficult it is to uh, write a module, let alone um, a whole world, mm, mm. Um, you know, based on mechanics of 5e. Uh, I mean, flipping, just writing uh, encounters <coughs> and sort of just a general story for, for people to play um, is stressful enough mm. thinking about, like, which direction could they go, the characters. Yeah. And <clears throat> even using already a, a, a set world is, is difficult enough, let yeah. alone mm. creating one yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, you never know what those people are going to do in that world. Yeah, totally. And you have to try and think on the fly and say, oh, shit, I didn't think of that. Yeah. But yeah. I suppose it's just making uh, sort of that base... <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, isn't it? And mm-hmm. so just go. Okay, these people have these particular characteristics. Yes. Um, these are the stats for this, and it's just up to you now. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, on, on what to do, but it's still making that base, um, like the deep lore as well, because you'll generally have players who are super interested in that, like where what's the religion like in yeah. Sina Una, um, who are the deities, like what do they believe in in general, you know, that type of thing. Um, which was quite interesting because uh, one of the things that uh, they sort of focused upon is food. Um, we briefly talked about this just before the show, but um, <coughs> Filipinos love food. Yes. That's the way that we, like, show affection. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. If you meet any Filipino, present company included, yeah, um, yeah, we will feed you. Yeah, I've always thought of you as a foodie even since the um, first time we met. You know, like irregardless of whether you've eaten or not, mm. we will feed you. Mm. Um, Chain you to the chairs. Yeah, feed for you. Yeah, it the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's like no, no, eat, eat. Mm. Like mm. and yeah, yeah. even <clears throat> even in Philippines where I've uh, I've experienced <laughs> and and seen uh, like poverty, like abject poverty. 
there is still that sense of sharing mm. within that community. Not selflessness at all. Yeah, mm. like mm. my family in Philippines. Like selfishness rather. Um, my family in Philippines, not well off <clears throat> at all. Um, some of them are like basically scraping by and there's no way for them to take themselves out of this situation mm. and move to Australia like we did. We were one of the lucky ones, <clears throat> if anything. Um, but when I go there and visit, obviously because I'm family, they will put out a spread or if they're mm. cooking, they'll eat and offer some to me. Yeah. My dad would yeah. always be like, don't have any other food because it's hard enough as it is to even yeah. buy <clears throat> rice and, and that type of thing, you know? But yeah. it's like, mm. how hard is it to to refuse something that they've mm. literally put their heart and soul in yeah. and be like, no, thanks, you know? So that's why for me, it's just like... It, it cool. almost makes you makes it seem like you're ungrateful if you do that. Mm. Yeah. You're putting the food on the table and you're going, hey, you know what? Mm, Don't. Nah. And that's, so like, that's not good enough and, for me. And, and that's what my parents taught me. Mm. If you go to somebody's house and they feed you, eat that food yeah irregardless yeah, yeah, of yeah, whether yeah, you yeah. like it or not because mm. it's like how like it's that gratefulness of mm. being served something that's come from hard work yeah wherever <laughs> else that you come from plus they Someone are else's pocket as well yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. they're sharing some so yeah. mm. with that then in mind food is quite a, a big deal in Sinauna. in fact that's that cool. they've actually mm. got like food as I wouldn't say a replacement, but it's kind of like a monster hunter type thing. Oh, cool! Where, like, is it like a preparation for a quest, or do you can you eat it like yeah, while you're out? Kind of, kind of like, like heal that. And that kind yeah, of thing? yeah. So there's all sorts. So you can eat like a sort of like a breakfast food, mm. and that'll give you extra stats, oh, uh, bonuses, and things like love that. that. I love a good cooking system. You know, is so, there a chef class? Because there should be a chef class. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, right, this important man. Like I would. Absolutely, Joshua. Pleasure. If you're listening to this, have yes, a chef class, please. Have <laughs> yeah. <And> a feature, <laughs> yeah. um, like yeah. a sub sub class. Yeah, just yeah. saying. Wooden spoon definitely does plumb damage. But then, right? yeah, I think there was sort of uh, a bit of slight tangent. Of MMOs, some of them these days have crafting, and chef is one of them. Especially yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen. The Angular Tester. You've played yeah. it. Cooking is a culinarian is yes. a vital part of it and you you eat it and you gain bonus to health and you yeah, yeah. XP bonuses and stuff like yeah. that so yeah it, it's definitely a thing it's uh, jobs and crafting you know it took um, me over 2,000 hours to work out what all the food does in Monster Hunter <laughs> yeah I say I worked it out I sat down to play one day and my friend was I'm going to explain what food does <laughs> <laughs> took, took him about 10 minutes and I was like well if that had been really helpful right at the beginning <laughs> yeah was this yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean he, like, three months ago on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also it's also like an issue of immersion as yeah. well yeah because yeah, yeah. if you like I mean we've played D&D right mm, yeah, yeah obviously there's a um, a couple of part series yeah, of us yeah. Uh, playing I think it's five D&D. so far but whenever you go to a, a bar or an inn or a pub nobody necessarily buys food yeah mm. somebody will say I'll have a drink because it's an yeah, inn it's, and it's, it's well, a hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. but no one's gonna go yeah I'll have some dinner nobody te- <laughs> tends to mention that or we tend to buy like rations which is basically like trail mix yeah. of yeah. sorts and yeah. it's just like oh we've been out for a day mark it's one because nobody down. started implementing severe penalties 
if you have a drink mm. and not order food, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's that's good too, because <laughs> that'll be then you know? something for the DM to think about. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you're literally just gonna come here, spend two silver, and not flip and have Eat. like a chicken yeah. and bread, this, like you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have your six. I implemented it in that. Where yeah, you yeah, yeah. Eat a drink, you'd have you wanted to carry as much. You dehydrate. You get radiation oh, poisoning. And... That's kind of like survival. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I suppose like implementing like. If if you go to a bar and you haven't eaten for fucking like a day, right? And you've been on your feet walking. Mm. If you have beer, you're gonna be fucked. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that is essentially it because you've got mm. nothing mm. in your stomach. You've got no energy. Yeah, beer is gonna go straight you know. to yeah, yeah. Roll so, everything with disadvantage because yeah. you're drunk mm. as hell. Yeah, yeah. But imagine yeah. in a Cena Una kind of world, you come across like a house that you have to go in and investigate or something and there's a a woman in there who like offers you load of food and then you sit down and eat the food and suddenly you've got buffs for a certain amount of time mm. like, yeah hmm, interesting mm. now yeah. i need mm. to make sure i'm getting this yeah. type of food regularly yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. it can add a whole and each type yeah, of food can do different things and yeah and uh, as a as a side as a sort of thinking as an evil dm imagine <laughs> going into a very comfortable home, you're feeling really, really nice. Oh, let's have a meal, blah, 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 mm. you're eating. Yes, Boom, roll constitution. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of a sudden, everything changes around you and you're eating worms instead and you're Ooh. like, it reverse Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> what if you go into the beautiful home, they offer you food, player doesn't trust them, refuses to eat, like five minutes later when they actually have to roll something after they've left the house roll disadvantage mm. but you just don't mm. tell them yeah. when they're actually going to like yeah. when they've made that decision like that'd be also pretty cool yeah, so, you know? yeah. it'd be cool to implement food a bit more I think there's a lot mm. you could do with it to be honest yes yeah. yeah yeah. but you know just the fact that they kind of thought that and put that in yeah. in the world sort of just adds that little bit more of like yeah, I suppose like love and care into mm. thinking about what the world does rather than hot meal that's that's five silver yeah and you're good and you're yeah. good to go yeah um yeah i mean we talking about uh monsters because ultimately you know what's a new region without monsters mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know there's so many um mythological creatures in filipino folklore it's kind of uh almost quite hard to to pick and choose Mm. But it's that sort of like, um, uh, what to call that? What works within the mechanics and what seems grounded and believable even in a made-up setting. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. There's there's one where it's like this um, sort of like hag-like woman. She's like beautiful and she lures you in uh, into sort of like bedding her. But then her true nature shows up and she's very much like a praying mantis and she eats your head. That nice. almost sounds like the, the giant in that one that we were running. The one in the hut. With the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was great. She was she was eat your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what my name is. Probably crush your head between your Tam- head thighs. Tamsin? 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 It's been a while. Yeah. What I was going to say, it's kind of a bit like the sort of European succubus yeah. mm. luring you mm. in. Yeah. Um, Apparently, the Nemean lion could also take the form of a woman to lure hunters in before 
Mm. Transforming back into a lion, that's Greek. So, mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but yeah, so the, I mean, even just to kind of bring it to um, uh, HTT Paladin's um, Twitters, uh, if you look in through one of his um, threads, he talks about a creature called Tikbalang, which is a, a horse humanoid creature. So with the head of a horse, hmm. uh, normally it's kind of like portrayed as um, something quite like muscular mm. and big because horses generally are muscular. Mm. But the way that he's portrayed uh, or he's kind of like the artist has portrayed it is immensely creepy. Um, it, I'll just show you guys right now. If for those who are listening, check out HTT Paladin's uh, Twitter at HTT Paladin. And he's got his... Um, his pinned tweet is the thread on threads that he has. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Looks very alien-like, doesn't it? Oh, wow. So, it's kind of yeah. a Wendigo-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so imagine that stalking you yeah. at night. Slenderman can fuck off. That's even worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> in, you know, in the dark rainforest. Mm. Um, but ultimately, so it's like, it's personalities that it's a spirit that leads you astray and play tricks on you. Um, kind of like a little bit mischievous, but then how, as I suppose as a DM, mm. what could you use that then to, yeah. you know, and it just looks creepy as hell. It's a bit, a bit like, um, I mean, is, it, is it Kelpies of kind of like Irish that. Yeah. mythology, which are like sort of, they, I'm sure they sort of look a bit like a horse, don't they, mm-hmm. at some point, but they live in rivers and they're like, yeah. sometimes they're sort of just, I think it's like, in South Wales, they're just sort of like a bit mischievous, and they'll mm, like, mm. you know, you know, mess around with you and play tricks on you. And then North Wales, they will literally steal your children and eat them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't that why there's like horses with like horse heads in Christmas? Ah, I'm sure that? that's something else. But um, we've not quite gotten into the horse Christmas. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you guys don't know, uh, check out Welsh Christmas. I've forgotten that. It's a is very it Murray, strange Murray, situation. Murray, Murray Lud, yeah. Murray, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. M A R I L W Y D or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I think we could definitely talk about this for for quite some time. Just mm. just lovers of anything Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. isn't it? And uh, on top of that, something new to kind of grasp on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Area. It's, it's really nice to sort of, like, see that representation <clears throat> as well from, like, a different point of view. Because, mm. like, I mean, I hate to say it, like, Western fantasy has become sort of stagnant, you know? Everybody's yeah. copying yeah. Tolkien and nobody's copying mm. Tolkien well enough. That <laughs> There's only one I'm, Tolkien, let's be honest. Fucking exactly. Yeah. You know, Game of Thrones kind of come close. Yeah, you know, but it's you got within you know, this, this era. Yeah, yeah, you know, David Eden's good. R- Raymond E. Feast is good, but mm. it's, you know, Robin Hobb and that kind of thing. But it's just like it's all kind of the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone talks with like uh, a Northerner's accent, or if someone's like slightly foreign, it's yeah, still... all the dwarves are Scottish and like. I think the know. one to break that mold is Terry Pratchett. Yes, but that's very much a parody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's easier <laughs> when you're taking the piss out of something. I'd, I'd be remiss if Terry Pratchett didn't get a name dropped. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love Terry Fucking Pratchett. love Terry Pratchett. Yeah, He's so great. Good. Yeah. You know what we need? More Terry Pratchett movies. Thank you. Please They're working on you. TV series to see you watch. Mm, ah, I heard that rumour years ago. Oh, it's confirmed, 100%. 
Fuck off. 100%. When did, when did Rihanna it... Pratchett herself confirmed it. When did it get? A couple of months ago. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't know. Sea Watch is like my favourite <laughs> Terry Pratchett series as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are they starting with Guards Guards? I'm not sure. <sighs> I don't know what they're doing. I hope they do the full thing because there's like five books in there. If they start with thud, I'm going to be pissed. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I do hope that um, any of you guys out there that are interested in this uh, in this module, compatible module, please support their Indiegogo. They're currently um, 40% funded. Um, I've dropped uh, some coins in the hat myself because I, I want to get my hands on it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be sporting. Right? Yeah, so hopefully I can, I can uh, convince my uh, my other half to let me drop a couple more quid in so I can get the hard I'm sure pound. She will. I'm sure she will. <laughs> Please, <laughs> <laughs> it's significant to my culture. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, um, if um, you looking at the page, there's like twenty three yeah. days left. Something like that. Yeah, so yeah. back to that quickly. So massive push uh, for you guys because yeah. ultimately it's, this isn't to. Um, this isn't to sort of like fund the whole thing. From from what I've uh, spoken with Joshua is that uh, this is so that everyone who was involved in it gets paid and yeah. gets paid well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of this technically could be funded by um, uh, by 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 the two people that are sort of like heading it technically, <clears throat> but with all the people that they've gone to help with, and that's a big part of that. Mm. Is yeah. is being able to pay the artists, being yeah. able to pay the researchers, yeah. uh, researchers as well, because at the end of the day, these people need to eat. Yeah. As an yeah. artist, I can safely say it's nice to be paid. Yeah. <laughs> Get some money. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah, and ultimately, it's getting uh, feeling that you are valued, even yeah, if yeah, it is in a monetary. Uh, monetary amount but yeah thank you guys for listening uh, please support this Indiegogo campaign uh, check um, HTT Paladin out on Twitter at HTT Paladin uh, you can see us uh, chatting about stuff on Twitter um, at SCAPC Podcast uh, I'm at Sami89 Josh is Mythic Comics and Art Alan Hellblazer H-E-L-L-B-L-A-Y-Z-E-R and Leanne and Mr. Raggles Mr. Underscore R-A-G-L-E-S well thank you so much guys for listening uh, tune in next week we're going to be talking about other stuff <laughs> other stuff other stuff something or other decided stuff yeah. <laughs> thank you guys and bye 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 bye, 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 bye.